welcome everyone back to another Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Travis. That guy over there, that's Alex. Uh, Alex, I wasn't here last time. Was it okay? I think so. Uh, <laughs> Seth is great. Yeah. Uh, he He's always awesome, uh, even though he's a Red Wings fan, but that's okay. He's a good dude, uh, and he plays a lot of indie games. He's got a lot of game knowledge. Uh, yeah, it was fine. Good. Don't worry. It's uh, it's it's okay. It does the house still look okay? It smells weird in here, but I think I think things are in order. That's definitely Seth. Uh, <laughs> he's he's got a musk about him. He does. You know, he's and he wrestles a lot. He's got that wrestling musk. He just smells like sweaty floor mat <laughs> and and chapstick. I don't know. I don't know what those guys are up to. Speaking of <laughs> hockey, though, I was looking at my because we're in a fantasy league together, and uh, you know, I don't know anything oh. about hockey. I couldn't name. A, a single hockey guy, but uh, I have been checking my team and kind of like keeping it in mm. order. You know, I don't have any like injured players starting, but uh, no matter what I do, I'm last all the time. Yeah, it sucks. So, so, so let me see then. Let, let's 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 take a look at your team. Yes, and by the way, your name is Sticks Coldfoot. Great, name. great hockey, great, great name. You got Sebastian Aho for of course. Uh, for of course, you gotta have him. You gotta have. You gotta Aho. have him. He, I mean, he's obvious. He had a great game the last time for you. He had twenty five points with two goals and an assist. Uh, normally, he's a he's a fantastic player. He's a top one hundred player. Sure. Uh, he's having a little bit of a slow year. You also have Evgeny Malkin, Gino Malkin, uh, in the top one hundred, and he's pretty good too. You have a lot of pretty good players, not a lot of superstars. I think the one that you need to step up is Mitch Marner. He yeah. is uh on the Blues. He needs to step up uh Marisol or Marisol however you fuck you say his name. Uh yeah, yeah, your team is your team is really average, and you don't have any defensemen. Your best defenseman is what, like Keandre Miller? They're bad. I didn't that means defend I thought that meant D dirty bad players. I thought that's what the D stood for because none of mine score points. Yeah, your defensemen are are lacking, but you do have Drysidel and you do have Joe Pavelski, who's pretty good. Uh, he's he gets those uh, what they used to call mucker goals. Like oh goals yeah, in front of, goals in front of the net. You know those those dirty goals, dirty goals. But uh, no, yeah, you have a decent team. You just have no defensemen. And uh, you have you also have three goaltenders for some reason. Uh, you don't Logan want people Thompson. to score. That'd be bad. That's why I keep <laughs> I get two two or three put them out there at the same time. Logan Thompson's good and Linus Olmark is good, but you don't need. Uh, I want us to call his name Vile Huso, but it's like V A or Vlev or Bleh Huso <laughs> for for the for the Red Wings. You don't need him. I think but, uh, uh, I think one of my other guys was hurt at one point, so I picked I picked up old old Vili Husso, uh, just and I never got rid of him. So I, I'll get rid of him and his family. Yeah, you, you you could use some consulting. You do have Brandon Hagel, who is a very good player, uh, sweet guy too. Bro <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a college recruiter. Like great, great family, great family, great family. Man. Church every Sunday, church every Sunday. <laughs> Whatever they say over there, yeah the the old college recruiting nonsense. But yeah, uh, your defensemen are trash, though. Okay, honestly. that's good to know because uh, I thought so too. But now that you've confirmed it, I feel better yeah. about my own opinion. 
So why did you bring that? Are, are you worried you're self-conscious about your your hockey team? Is that is that why you called this podcast? Is that why you wanted to <laughs> talk again f- for the first time in a month? Travis? I, know, I know how to get him to talk to me. I'll bring up the I hockey miss, league. I miss you. I've missed you so much, and all you want to do is talk about hockey. <laughs> well, I was looking through the scores, and it's like I've had some decent uh, weeks, but no, you've got they, good players. They've been against everybody else's most amazing week ever. So uh, it, that's definitely true. Yeah, yeah. Have I beaten you? Let me see. Oh yeah, you be, I've I've only won one match. Well, that might have been against me. No, I was against our, our bud, buddy uh, Sir Chadley, who I'm who I'm up against again this week. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you got a well, you got a, you got a tough uh, uphill climb there, but uh, you know, adversity makes uh, makes you stronger. Sure. I, I I don't know if that's a saying, but it 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 is in fantasy hockey now. I'm gonna be the comeback kid. You guys wait. I'm coming there for you guys. Go. There you go. Yeah. Man, it'll happen. Yeah. And now I'm looking at this picture of Zach Wilson looking like a uh, tennis player from Eastern Europe and. It's very strange now because I can't unsee it. Yeah. So thanks, thanks for posting that. That's what happens when the pre-show carries over to the show show, <laughs> and we're just we just take turns of googling dudes. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Sometimes Whoops. they get stuck. Uh, yeah. How's how's uh, how's Snestruck been going? Like the channel itself. A uh, couple good videos coming out. A lot of compilations. Uh, I haven't posted anything in a while. I just did the big uh, SNES Essentials. Yeah. Video, well, I haven't talked and- to you since then. That's a good one. And thanks. And I just kind of don't know what to do after that, I guess. Uh to be totally honest with you, it's it's been tough to like I don't know. I I've been having trouble lately like coming up with something to do um to come up with for yeah. to, that's, you know, excite uh, when you've been doing this for 10 years, you've been doing this for a few years now, the that nest friend, the old nest friend. Sure, sure. Uh, it becomes like kind of like all right well what do i want to do and you can't decide on what you want to do and you can't commit to anything because like nothing really 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 grabs your imagination a whole lot um i i will say there are a couple scripts i started working on today that i think are going to go somewhere they're, they're just like single game things but okay they're there's a lot of uh stuff coming on christmas week that i hope to put out very um, cool. There's one one video that's done that I think people will like. Uh, it's a music thing that people are used to seeing. And then there's uh, another like compilation thing from past stuff on the channel that I think people will like. And um, there's also stuff like, what are the hardest games on the Sega Genesis? So mm. people love arguing about what... Oh, they love it. What, what is difficult in a video game? You know, especially when it comes to older video games, I would love to do that for NES, but I don't think I could take the carnage. I think it's too too brutal. I too brutal. I I think I would probably end up in the witness protection program after that because yeah, yeah it's it's if if I put I would love to put like Mario three like on like <laughs> as like my number four <laughs> <laughs> thing and just to see people's Mario three's so hard. What would be more epic is just put the entire NES library in the list. They're all <laughs> brutal and unforgiving for the most part. Yeah. You, you gotta get you gotta dip into that Chester Cheetah. That's what you need. Oh uh, God, I hate those games. Get uh, games games based on snack food mascots. 
and then it's just that those two games. <laughs> well, snack food and uh, fast food because we oh, got to yeah. get Yo Noid in there and McKids. Make McKids, yeah, um, yeah, that'd be do it up. There's also there's like three Burger King games on the Xbox 360 you could toss in for extra points. Yeah, that's weird. I forgot about that. Yeah, maybe I should do like a fast food games because or, or a food games thing because I'll tell you this: there's one. Super Famicom game stayed in Japan and it was based on the mascot of uh, ramen noodles and what? it's a beat em up. What? And, uh, this is blowing yeah, my he, mind. He he rides around like his special move is like he rides around in like this unicycle kind of a thing and it's it's pretty crazy. It, a noodle cycle? That'd be hilarious if it were a noodle uh, cycle. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's also, uh, oh, what did I forget? Oh, I had another one on the tip of my brain, but I can't remember. But yeah, there's one for ramen noodles that is. Oh, it was the uh, the game that came with a box of checks. I forget what it's called. Out to lunch? No, it's not out to lunch. Out to lunch is is actually a decent game. Sorry, I found a Reddit thread of complete list of food related video games. Man, I love it when the internet gets bored, <laughs> which is often. Uh, Checks Quest. Oh, Checks Quest. Yes, in '96. And it is, <laughs> it's it's basically a first person shooter, I think. Uh, and it's it's on Steam, and I think it's free. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna need to get this because this needs its own thing for sure. But yeah, that came in like a CD in uh, boxes of checks, which uh, is excellent. Uh, that is fantastic. So yeah, I wish they still did that, but. Apparently, that's a thing of the past. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Well, it would be weird to just find, like, a Switch cartridge and some food. Yeah, because kids cereal. would end up eating it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they taste bad, I hear, on purpose. Uh, should we, um, speaking of bad taste, you want to jump into these emails? <laughs> bad taste. Wow. That is the... You were really reaching for that segue there, and it just didn't work. <laughs> just, Sometimes they just don't work. I was just trying to poke at our guy, Scotch and Hobbies, who, well, he, he, he let off with an email saying, I'm disappointed, and he means in you guys, but since since he made the typo in, a, in an email that's supposed to slam us, he says, I'm disappointed in your guys. So I'll well, call maybe, your, maybe call he means the guys that Maybe he means the guys that we hired to- like, Oh, do this Robbie and so. Samuel our interns <laughs> <laughs> fucking, fucking Samuel jeez I know he he insists that we call him Sammy but we refuse he's a full, full Samuel if I've ever seen one oh it's Samuel Beckett I hate that guy <laughs> is that a real guy I think so, yeah. so it sounds like a guy who, who should have been president no he's like back in a uh, he's, I think he's a playwright oh Samuel he is Beckett. yeah that guy oh don't google him he's intense <laughs> He died in 1989. He sounds like he lived in the 1600s. I I was going to say I, I was going to say Samuel Beckett probably lived yeah, back in uh, 1590 or something. But yeah. No, he died uh while Reagan was president. All right. So, Scotch and then also Hobby says um 
That's a that's a guy's name, by the way, for those uninitiated, Scotch and Hobbies. He says, hey, drug friends, Scotch here. I've gone through and re-listened to every episode of the podcast over the last few weeks as I drive around for work, currently on episode 114 as I write this. But within a few days, I'll be all caught up again. And first of all, Scotch, th- that's awesome, man. Thank you for... Thank you. Yeah, giving it a list, elevating our download numbers all the way through by 114. That's pretty incredible. We appreciate you. Uh, he then says, I, I got a bone to pick with you. First off, how can you call yourselves the seminal 90s-ass podcast without one single mention of the band Prong? Included as a link to their most famous, in all caps, FAMOUS, hit single of 1994, Snap Your Fingers, Snap Your Neck. And I actually do kind of like that song. I'm not going to lie to you, Al. You might have a, a different opinion. No, I love that song. Okay, good. It's like a pr- Prong's a good choice. It's only got like 10 words in it, but it's fun. No, my uh, my brother saw them open for somebody my brother used to work at the saint paul civic center back in the mid 90s refilling kegs and stuff like that you know uh so he was able to see and hear all sorts of like (laughs) mid-range bands and acts and stuff like that like helmet i feel like the band helmet fits perfectly i'm (laughs) i'm a hundred percent sure he saw helmet open for someone and i'm I'm and he did yeah i'm sure he did see prong open for like pantera or something like that (laughs) i remember my brother uh listening to this particular song a lot uh and then beavis and butthead saw it which is oh, like the okay. ulti- the ultimate like endorsement i think i think so a- at least it was to me because if beavis and butthead see it then it must be and if they like it it must be cool which sounds stupid but it was it was a it was a stamp of approval in my 12 year old brain <laughs> but um i liked that song i just their other stuff at that time just didn't stick out to me, so it was basically just only that song. That's the only one I know. Their guitar tone is f- freaking awesome. Like, I love that it's, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure, it's like a solid state amp sound, I guess. I don't know. It's it's very, uh, it's very of its time. I, I, I don't know how, the, I'm not educated enough to describe their guitar sound, but... It's it's got a certain feel to it that I really like. I like prong. So okay. how dare you? First of all, how dare you? I I've just been googling everything lately. I don't know why I don't think for myself anymore. And I googled what does prong guitar's tone sound like? And someone asked that exact question on Reddit long ago. And uh, someone says, uh, I guess you would just call it real tight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's their arrangement. They're uh, they they don't have any reverb or echo or any any effects or anything like that. It's just it just crushes, which yeah. I appreciate. Tommy Victor is the guy's name that uh, yeah, that's the right. guitarist in prong. Yeah. Anyway, Scotch goes on. He goes, I got a second bone to pick with you too. Two thousand five. Yeah, we're going all the way back to two thousand and five. Might possibly be one of the greatest years for album releases. Maybe I'm biased because I was a sophomore in high school and discovering music outside my parents' taste at that point in life. But I've de- I've included a small list of albums from the year that are must listens. Some albums, maybe uh, three listeners out there would love shouted out, include uh, KMFDM, How Rook. Did I say it right? How Rook? I think so. All right. Comba, Comba Christ. This, sound, this more and more sound like SNES beat-em-ups. Comba Christ, Everybody <laughs> Hates You. Uh, I, I, Area Flicker. 
That sounds like a Genesis shoot 'em up. It does. It's A Y R I A for those of you out there that were like, did Travis have a stroke saying a word? I did. Uh, <sighs> aesthetic perfection, close to human. That just that just sounds like somebody giving themselves a blowjob. Yeah, or like two songs off the newest Tool album. Uh, <laughs> God module viscera. That sounds like a JRPG. <laughs> never, never left Japan. And then that's right. Yeah. Uh, and the one that's mostly just punctuation, it's just brackets and and, and stuff. It says SITD, and it's called Coded Message uh, 12. It sounds like a really lame shoot-off of the dot .hack series or something. Right. Right. It's like one of those things where like you're co- you copy and paste a DM from somebody, and it gets all the extra meta information, like the time you sent <laughs> right. it. It's like, what's that doing? Sorry, I didn't mean to send that part. Uh, whoops. Uh, I don't know who any of these are except for KMFDM. Um, I love KMFDM's older stuff, like Naive, Hell to Go, uh, Extort, um, oh, what are the, some of their albums, other albums called? Uh, you know angst. I'm Googling it. I can't even remember, uh, the ones that I like, uh, but, um, I do love a lot of their 90s stuff. I think once... Nile? Symbols? Adios? Not Symbols isn't that great. Nile is really good. Once they first broke up in the late 90s and they got that Tim Scold guy involved, I kind of lost interest. And then they got back together and they did World War Three, And I was just kind of like, oh, okay, they're just like kind of generic metal at this point. So I lost interest in KMFDM. I do love KMFDM, but I don't like that their stuff after 2000. I appreciate KMFDM for bringing the riffage, though. Yeah. They at least are consistent with... Hey, here's what we sound like. It's it's basically just heavy riffs. That's yeah. it. That's cool. That's fine. These other bands, though, I don't know. I also like KMFDM because they they got a a, a nice. Um, they everybody in the band looks different. They got a guy with a mohawk, and they got a guy that looks like he's just like a dad that plays volleyball on the weekends at the beach. That's right. They just kind of span, <laughs> you know, a lot of. A lot of a lot of vibes. I I remember in high school when uh people thought KMFDM stood for K Kill Motherfucking Depeche Mode, <laughs> which yeah, w- which is not true. It stands. It's German for uh, no pity for the majority. But it's I I do like the, this as much as I I just saw Depeche Mode like a few weeks ago in Seattle and that was a wonderful one. One of my favorite concerts ever, but I do love the idea of a band being called Kill Motherfucking Depeche Mode. <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's great. I think getting as far as this band did and never really just kind of being yeah. like, I, it was kind of a joke. Like we we think Depeche, we think they're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We never we never got to kill Depeche Mode. They're still out there touring, and here we are. You know, like making how ruck. What how are we gonna do? Ruck. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Okay, so the email goes on. Uh, he, he, he's, uh, he wants to shout out a few more albums here. These say maybe 10 listeners would know these. So the ones that he shared earlier, those were his more like high selection, like our tour kind of choices. Those are, these, no, those are her, those are his hidden gems. Hidden gems. That's right. That's his. So now, now these aren't, these, these are just gems. They're not yeah. hidden. Right, right, right. Uh, he, he says, uh, he's going to shout these out. All right. Here we go. Uh, a day to remember and their name was treason. It's a band oh. in an album. Never heard of them. I've heard of Bullet for My Valentine, The Poison. I have heard of that too. Yeah. Heard of that band. Uh, the Black Maria, Lead Us to Reason. You've heard, heard of that? that. Okay. Yep. Uh, Silverstein, Discovering the Waterfront. 
Rings a bell. Probably haven't heard them, though. Yeah, not, not familiar with that. Comeback Kid, Wake the Dead. No idea. Okay. Uh, soil Work, Stabbing the Drama. Uh, Kind of sort of familiar, yeah. I, I do know Soil Work. I don't know if I know this. Uh, I've only kind of recently gotten into them through a few, few oh, songs. Right on. But I, I don't know the full catalog. I'm no, uh, no power fan, as it were. Uh, American Head Charge, The War of Art. I'm pretty sure they played live at 99 Ozfest when I was there. Oh. Um I I'm almost positive they were and we were I don't think we were like near the stage but we were we watched them for a bit and they opened I, they're one of those bands that was like around like when you were going to concerts in that era like they were just around like mm. oh they're opening for typo negative or oh they're opening for Soulfly or whatever like they they would just end up it's like oh it's these guys you know i i didn't seek them out they were they just showed up right i feel like that was me with seven dust for a long time i would, I yes, would go see a that's band another band yeah. they were just there yeah i think they were on the just bill. like oh it's these guys that's fun yeah. you know like I, I would never seek these guys out but uh, i'm glad they're here yeah, it's always nice when an opening band shows up that you weren't aware of, and you you find out that you actually had heard a couple songs, and you're like, "What's these guys? I've heard this. Oh yeah, this that's is been a neat. long time since that's happened to me, man. Yeah, that's uh, a nice feeling, though. It is. It's rare because mainly because I don't go see live music like I want to anymore. But you know, it happens when you get old. Uh, next, Parkway Drive, Killing with a Smile. Don't know. Don't know that one. El Nino, One Nation Underground. Sound Il Nino sounds familiar. I think I'm they've almost... come across my like uh, Pandora back in the day. I used to listen to Pandora. <laughs> Pandora, wow. Yeah, yeah. Some many okay. years ago. Speaking of being old from earlier, you didn't get a Pandora reference. Uh, Devil Driver, the Fury of Our Maker. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw Devil Driver open up for like some metal band way back in the day. Uh, I just can't remember who or why or how, or maybe Neurosis or something like that. I can't can't remember. Nah, you need to start one of those set list FM accounts that so way you can track all the shows you go to. Uh, yeah, I've yeah, yeah that, that's too much work. Oh come on, it's fun. It's uh, like when you uh, it's like when I first got a Letterbox account and I I was like I'll, I'll rate a few movies and then one day I just rated all the movies because I became addicted <laughs> and I couldn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there went a whole day of my life just being like, is that a three? Let's see. Yeah, Matchstick Man, I think that's three and a half stars. No, it's three stars. Out of five? Yeah. Oh, I would give it four stars. You go four? See, that's what I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, Matchstick Man is so good. I really love that movie. I haven't seen it in like, since it came out probably. When did that come out? Like 2004? I don't know. Back when you saw it, Devil Driver opened up for it. <laughs> 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 Nicely done, but uh, yeah. I, now you got me thinking about movies. But see, see, Matchstick Man was good. It, that's Ridley Scott, I think, and Nicolas Cage, and that's when the girl. Oh, I don't, I don't want to spoil the movie for anybody, but I was just shooting yeah. from the hip over here. I don't know, but anyway, yeah. I'm sorry, I got off track. <laughs> very <laughs> easy, very easy to happen, especially in my state of mind right now. But if you do get that set list FM, it's kind of the same thing because you're like, what else did I see? You get to, you know, it's fun. Uh, and then uh, here's a band I've heard of, Static X, Start a War. Yes. Saw Static X as the first band at OzFest 99. Um, I remember my girlfriend at the time and I making fun of the lead singer, headbanging, but not committed to headbanging because 
he didn't want to mess up his hair. Sure. So he was just kind of like half-assed headbanging. It's so much hairspray, dude. Can you blame him? You know, it's it's like, uh, yeah, but the, the, yeah. He was like halfway between getting really into it and halfway like, whoa, I got, I got to save this. I got to save, <laughs> I, I got to preserve my, 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 my stuff here, you know, and. I gotta check how this is going. Did he at least go all out on the last song when it's like it matters less if the well, hair stays in place? Oh, to be fair, it was August or no, I think it was either August or July in Somerset, Wisconsin. So it was really humid that day and really sweaty. Every I was like sweating like as soon as I got there. So I think he was like a little self conscious, maybe. But oh, um, I thought Wisconsin would love him because they had that album, The Wisconsin Death Grip. You think that'd be. He'd go all out for those folks. Uh, they were. This was '99, so they were just like That's happy to be out? there. I think oh, it's kind of like a you know like a, ba- a a team being like in the NCAA uh, March Madness tournament. They're like a 14 seed, and it's the first time they made it since like the '70s. They're just like, all right, we're here, and the, there are a bunch of like sophomores and juniors. And then it's like we know we'll be back, and they come back, and they're a 10 seed, and they upset the seven seed, and. So it got very, this got to be a very specific sports reference. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I know it. Their coach gets arrested for it with a DUI in the offseason. DUI, and his name is, uh, what the hell is that, Iowa State's game? Uh, U- Larry Eustachy is their coach. And he oh. gets, like, pulled over. <laughs> After Static X, we got Nonpoint. That's a band I have actually heard of as well. I don't know. I've this. heard of them, but I have no idea what they sound like. To yeah. the Pain would be the name of that album. So there you go. That was 10... I don't know how many that was. A handful of albums that somebody out there was like, those are my albums too. And if you love those albums as much as Scotch and Hobbies does, you guys should do a meet cute and hang out and listen to metal because it sounds like you'd have fun. Uh, He says, in conclusion, I think you owe 2005 an apology as it was a fantastic year for music. I don't know 2005 nothing, Scotch. Yeah, I don't know anything to to, uh, any years ever. What did we say? Did we say we hated 2005 or did we just say it was bad for music? I don't know. I don't remember. I'd have to go back and listen. But if, I, if I'm if i thinking back anecdotally at 2005, I'm thinking like, what the hell was I listening to? I don't know. Probably like old stuff that I was. I think I know where we were coming from if we did say that 2005 was a bad year for music is because I think it was a bad year for popular music because in that year we got. Nickelback's photograph and Weezer had Beverly Hills, which got overplayed. And uh. Sugar were going down and the Black Eyed Peas had my hump. So it's just a lot of like annoying music that got overplayed came out that year. So I, I believe there'd be some gold deep, deep down in the hills. But man, the surface was rough. Surface was rough. Let me actually take a look at my own playlist of 2005. And I've got. Okay, Depeche Mode playing The Angel came out that year. That's a great album. Campfire Head Phase by Boards of Canada. Uh, uh, not much else. Phantomus Suspended Animation. That's an insane. Demon Days by Gorillaz. That's a great album. Yeah, that was a good album. Yeah. Uh, Blood Inside by Ulver is great. And that's not a whole lot else. Hmm. Well, you did have the Whisper song by the Ying Yang Twins, which saves the whole thing. <laughs> saves the whole thing. Turns the whole thing around. Dude, 
do you remember where you were when you heard, first heard that song? Because I, I, I definitely do. <laughs> I will, no, that wasn't like my JFK assassination moment, so I don't remember. <laughs> but I need to know how you remember it. So uh, well, I just, I just remember I was with the girl I was dating at the time, and we were just sitting there just freaking busting out laughing. We listened to it like three times in a row, and it got to the point where I got to learn the words, and I would like kind of pantomime like whispering it in her in her ear <laughs> as it happened and we were just like dying laughing it was fucking hilarious Ugh. but that song is one of the most like ridiculous like uh relics of its time like it's so bad but it's so cheesy and fun and stupid so yeah it's yeah. wild hey how you doing <laughs> let me whisper in your ear but yeah okay all right well yeah, that song is uh, it, of its time. Scotch's email continues to drag on here. Nah, come by on. By the this way, this is good. It's going to get fun right here. He says, uh, "I guess while I'm here, I might as well ask a question too." Okay, hey, no questions up till now. We've just been divulging information. Jeez. He says, "What's your 37th favorite PS1 game?" Hmm. And I know, you, I know you rank them. I know you, I know uh, you won't do setlist FM, but you will rank every PS1 game you've played. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you're putting the onus on me. You want me to go first? Go first. All right, I'll go first. My 37th favorite PS1 game is Legend of Mana. Mm. And that's because uh, Legend of Mana is a, pure, is a fiercely, aggressively mediocre game. It's It looks great. Uh, the music is cool. Uh, I like the combat, but it's the 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 overall structure of the game is meandering there's all sorts of side quests it's the the main story gets totally lost it's a totally non-essential playthrough it's one of those games where it's like if you had it at the time you would have been you would have had fun with it but there's no reason to go back and play it because it's just not that great hmm. um but i do really like it as a as an entry in the mana series mana mana series so i, cool. I that that is my 37th favorite PS1 there's a new game. mana game coming out are you excited that's right i vision is it visions of mana yeah something that's like that. yeah it starts with the v's viral mana maybe i, I, can't I think remember, i think but, visions but uh, vasectomy of mana? Uh, uh, but, they, well, um, maybe. Maybe. People are split about that one. <laughs> Come on. I know. Gotta Why do, am I still on? Get Seth back. You don't need me here. I'm just do bringing I us have, down. Do I have to do a freaking rim <laughs> shot? <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> well, mine's Bray Fencer Musashi. What's that? That's a... It's a game where you go up a hill and down a hill a whole bunch uh, with a sword. Oh, that's not, that sounds cool. That sounds like a flash game. No, it's uh, there is a, it's a little it's a mini series, I guess you could call it. I think it has sequel on PS2, but uh, yeah, action adventure game. You got a you got a little do with the sword. You got to go beat some guys up, build your guy up, all that. But the the thing is, I thought it was going to be like an expansive game because you have like this nice overworld and stuff, and you start out and you you got to climb to the top of this mountain and do this thing. I was like, oh, that's cool. That little mountain part was cool. But then, like, most of the game is just you continuously having to climb up this mountain to do stuff and then come back down and telling the villagers what's up. It just became mountain the game. I was expecting more. (laughs) 
you know, you kind of divulged into John Madden there a bit for that <laughs> explanation. Because like, like, oh, don't fact it to that. You, you got you, you, here's what you got here. You got you got this mountain, and then you got to go around, and then you got this mountain that goes around this mountain. Yeah. And, then it, yeah, and meanwhile, it, I'm just I, drawing tits on the teleprompter. <laughs> <laughs> big, yeah, the big, big mountains, John. He say, he says, uh, stay funny. Okay, which we need to start doing better about. Stay funny, yeah. stay drunk. You're doing great at. Much love, Scotch. P.S. Here you go, Kevin Deenan. Deenan? Kevin Deenan. Dineen. <laughs> Kevin Dineen. Kevin Deenan. Deenan. Flyers. Uh, or actually, before that, I think he was with. He's the old whale, the Har- Hartford Whalers guy. Um, yeah, he was. He was really good for. A good spot of time before he went to the Flyers. Uh, I, if I remember correctly, he was kind of the guy before Eric Lindros got there. Okay. So is he like the legend of mana of the Flyers? Yeah, kind of. He yeah. wasn't really ever that good. He was good enough to be a captain, but he was never all that good. He's like good enough to be a captain of like the 20th best team in the league. Okay. Uh, the Flyers weren't shit in the early 90s, but once Lindros got there, they were cup contenders. So, yeah. That's what we need to start doing is is making drawing parallels between video games and uh, and sports dudes. That's how we'll finally get the nerds and the, and the sports nerds to, May- to talk. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, who would Ken Griffey Jr. be then? Hmm. Griffey would be... Uh, a, I don't know. Maybe a, maybe a Suikoden? That's... that's <laughs> Come on, way better than that. Oh, you think so? I don't how, know. I guess that, it depends on your opinion. Is that how you say that, Suikoden? I, I always said Suikoden. I heard someone say Suikoden one time when they were they did it with so much confidence, I was convinced. That's all I needed was them to just say it without pause. Don't listen to me then, because I have no confidence in any pronunciations I say. Hey there, are you out of goosebumps? Do you wish you had more goosebumps? Then come on down to We Got Goosebumps, where Trav and Dylan read to you from every goosebumps. We got mummies. We got werewolves. We got dummies. They move on their own. You don't even need to worry about putting your hand up on them. Come on down to We Got Goosebumps, the podcast where we got goosebumps, and we'll give them to you. Um, Should I read this next email here? Take it away. It says, translation question by Jerry. He says, what's up? My drunk kings love both of your channels. Love the potty. <laughs> I've never heard so, anybody refer to a podcast as a potty, and I don't like it. I don't like it, Jerry. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, that's because you have a kid, and it's uh, the potty is the potty. Has a heavy connotation for me, yeah. Heavy connotation. I'm writing to ask about your experience playing games with translation issues. I didn't grow up playing a lot of video games. So I came to the SNES as an adult with an open mind and have been introduced to most of my all-time favorite games through SNES Drunk videos. This year, I decided I was finally going to be a real cool guy and play through the Quintet Trilogy. They seem to be right up my alley. 
sharing similarities with Lufia and the Seiken Detetsu games. But once I actually got into Soul Blazer, the English script was so distractingly bizarre that the game was hard to follow. And dipping into Illusion of Gaia and Terranigma, I found the same problems. If not even worse, <laughs> have either of you ever had to give up on a potentially great game because of a poor English translation? I know the answer is probably learn Japanese, but I'm a big dummy. Anyway, thanks for sticking with the DF, or I'm sorry, thanks for sticking with <laughs> DF, the DF, the <laughs> drunk friend. For so many episodes, it's always a highlight of my week. Jerry, thanks, Jerry. That's a really nice email. Yeah, I appreciate that, Jerry. I uh, Don't ever call us a potty again. but uh, A potty? Uh, <laughs> other than that. I like it. You do? Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I do. I, maybe we have a shoddy potty. We need to step it up. <laughs> I, mean, <it's... laughs> I, think it's, I think it's uselessly... Yeah, you can either say podcast or potty. What would you rather say? Uh, well, that's true. If you're distracted by the script and Soul Blazer, then yeah, you're going to be distracted by the scripts and Illusion of Gaia and Terranigma because those are even worse when it comes to translations. Um, I do think... So what What was the question here? Like, they wanted to... Oh, they wanted to know about translation issues. I think I just try and have fun with... I don't know. I the first time I played those games way back in the day was it wasn't an issue because it was just like, eh, you know, they're doing the best they can, you know, it's you still have that part in the back of your brain that's just like these games are of their time, you just have to do the best you can. You fill your imagination fills in the blanks. I I think that comes with the territory of growing up with uh like an Atari or a Nintendo where it's just like the graphics aren't the greatest and you, your brain has to do the rest of the work. And a cert to a certain extent, that happens with translations too, uh, at least with early Super Nintendo games. I think um, he says Luffy and Seiken Ditsetsu, those games have way better translations than... I, I, I think you're just running into an annex problem or a quintet problem because those games have... <laughs> like famously bad translations mm. uh not bad bad but just confusing yeah um i would recommend to jerry uh stay away from breath of fire and breath of fire 2 those two games also have bad translations but you won't run into that same problem with final fantasy 6 or chrono trigger or obviously mario rpg I'm trying to think of what else earthbound earthbound uh probably not paladin's quest uh, probably not Lufia 2. No, definitely not Lufia 2. Um, and there's a lot of English patched RPGs like Front Mission Gun Hazard. Um, even stuff like Dual Orb 2. Like, if you want to get into that. Like, that's like a very basic, ordinary turn-based RPG with really great music, good graphics, but not much of a story. And, uh... You know, great translation, thanks to the fans. Uh, that's good. That's good advice for Jerry. Jerry, we'd never tell you to just learn Japanese. That's so hard. I, we did, why, why would we say that? But you said you called yourself a big dummy. You think you're a big dummy. Uh, I played through Soul Blazer, Breath of Fire, and Breath of Fire 2, and I'm so dumb, I didn't even know the translations were bad. I just thought, I, I was <laughs> like, man, these games are just, oof. I guess I don't read good. 
Man, my English is terrible because <laughs> that's how I felt. I was like, man, yeah. this made sense to somebody. Like eight-year-olds were playing this back in the day, and I'm like, so who's king? Am I in trouble? Oh no, I'm the hero. Like I was all I'm. I don't read the stories in RPGs. Famously, just don't stick with me beyond the time when I when I push the A button and the text disappears from the screen. I have no idea what I just read. I just look for clues to what to do next. It's like, go to the mountain, talk to the guy. I'm like, all right, that's all I need. I don't care that's who's really in trouble or how many orbs we've got to get from a frog. I don't care who, what, who's about to destroy the land. I just want to know where's the next place where I go upgrade a weapon. Screw you guys. I don't care. I don't care if my own childhood home is burning down to the ground. I just want to know where I need to go to turn into a dragon so I can avenge my family's eventual death. That's 100%. all I care about. Honestly, yeah. if someone came up to you right now and it was like, would you rather save your childhood home or go turn into a fire-breathing dragon? You'd, you'd be dragon all day. You'd be like, oh, that second thing. 100%. <laughs> Care about my childhood home? I'm not in there. Screw that. Yeah. Up next, we got an email from Corey. Balls enough not to include a subject, as if we don't vet these, like we answer all of them here on the show. Come on. Corey, come, what are you doing? Yeah, come on. But it was a girly enough email. So yeah. Corey sends a no subject to us. He says, dear drunk friends, how important is it to you in video game ownership to keep game boxes and anything else that came with the original package? It's not something I ever thought about growing up until I slowly realized how cool it is in retrospect that I happen to have certain stuff saved. Uh, should we stop there and answer that real quick? Huh. Well, I can answer it. Yeah, because... My brother was the one that instilled in me that, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but when I got video games, I was at least cognizant of keeping the box and the manual in reasonably good condition, as long as they were just, like, put on a shelf someplace and they were okay. My brother was the one that was like, no, you need to take care of these boxes you need to take care of these manuals mm. you need to make sure that nothing happens to them uh so because of him i have all our childhood games which are i don't know like 15 20 somewhere in that range it's like final fight star fox griffy baseball like a lot of that stuff is mortal kombat 2 street fighter like all that stuff is like in tip-top shape condition that's awesome and and that's because of him because he took care of it so and i have him to thank for that so yeah i uh it was not something that i thought about as a kid but it was instilled on me by him that's good so, yeah yeah i mean i do it now i do a great job of it now because i'm more i have a more of a collector's mind so i try to keep things nice but as a kid i think you know you can kind of see which things i got at what age like things i got really early are pretty tattered <laughs> and then things i got right around 10 or 11 years old i was i was more like i kind of want to keep the this nice uh cory goes on he says for me my earliest memory of not throwing anything away is that i would save a lot of my game boy and game boy advance boxes with the instruction manuals for the sake of having them I still have all of those loose cartridges and booklets and a traveling bag and the flattened boxes, too. Oh, and I still have the boxes the handhelds came in, which is nice. 
That is nice. Corey, Corey just Clutch. sounds like he's bragging all of a sudden. He's like, I've taken really good care of my stuff. Yeah, by, yeah oh, by the way, I still have all this stuff, too. Well, how about that shit? Huh? <laughs> and none of this is for sale. I just want to point that out. Yeah, it's not for sale. I want you to value it for me. <laughs> Tell me how much this is worth. Uh, Corey says, uh, also, I still have my original Guitar Hero PS2 boxes, along with the slipcover for various rock band bundles on Xbox, because I wanted to save all of this unique packaging souvenirs. The same thing goes for the various consoles I've bought in the last 15 years. Unfortunately, most of my SNES game boxes and manuals are long gone, I assume, because I didn't know any better way to organize and save them when I was a kid, so finding anything these days is always a huge surprise. If I had a video game regret, it would be not saving Super Nintendo manuals and boxes. Once video games started using plastic cases, I never had to think about it. Anyways, the main inspiration for this email is that I recently found a container full of original Atari 2600 boxes that I absolutely had no idea my family still has. I grew up on the Atari because my family owned the consoles and had a ton of games for them, so it was always around to play. Imagine my surprise when I was digging through old video game hardware and found all of these unflattened Atari boxes. Whether or not they're worth any money, I really don't care because it's mind-blowing that I have something video game related that isn't just cartridges from the 80s. Since both of you are video game collectors and probably still own many of the games you played growing up, what are your histories with holding on to everything that comes with video games? Thanks, and have a great rest of your days. Good solid email there. I love a good old, a little walk down memory lane. Somebody finding, you know, the thing is, you see people with their crazy finds, and it's always something that just makes me more jealous than happy for them. They're like, hey, look here, I found uh, a, a mint copy of Sculptor's Cut. It was it was under, under a bunch of my dad's garage stuff. I don't even know how it got. I'm like, you son of a bitch! You found a thousand dollar game, but finding like untattered Atari boxes in an attic that we both know aren't worth a ton of money is still just cool. That's just a cool find. I would be so yeah. happy to find that. That's incredibly cool to find. Um, it, it doesn't even matter if they're if it's like sculptor's cut or uh, you know, something like little Samson. Some, so yeah, little Sam. I was gonna say little Samson for NES, uh, complete in the box, you know, brand mm. new or some garbage like that. But like it's it it doesn't matter. It, all that matters is like something from you know it's it's a, it's almost like if my brother had taken care of all the stuff, uh, and I'd uh, all the stuff that we had as kids, and I had completely forgotten about. Super Nintendo by some miracle or something like that and I managed to find them all these years later from him and uh being mm-hmm. like oh all this stuff is in wonderful condition that would be so that would be like christmas times 4000 you know yeah. that would be amazing to f- find all that stuff in all that great condition cuz I know he would take care of it but and especially if it's part of the family too it's not just like you found someone else's right. treasure like this is stuff that you uncovered that maybe unlocks memories for the whole family or you yourself which is a cool thing like i have like um i have a few games in my collection more than a few that are kind of shameful for collection purposes but it's like i have an attachment to these because these are the the jank ass junkie games i grew up playing all the time because we didn't have anything else and i treasure those and i took good care of those even though they're you know maybe subpar games there's still something special about you know them being yours and you growing up with them and so i kind of can see that like you you find something doesn't matter how sought after it is and the fact is it's uh well, it's yours and that's cool well trev you know we actually talked about this on your podcast before we started mm-hmm. this podcast that's right this is back in like what 2017 2018 something like that yeah 
where you asked me about like my SNES collection and I remember talking about uh how I liked my cartridge collection to be kind of a random collection of rant of, of stuff that has some sentimental value um kind of scattershot here and there like my super mario rpg cartridge that i own is from my friend from high school and her save file is still on that cartridge and uh secret of mana that um cartridge my brother's save is still on that um there there's a few other cartridges like that that I make sure to check those every so often to make sure those are still good, you know, and right. the day that they're not, I'm going to be freaking devastated because, uh, I don't know well, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know how else to preserve that other than like, you know, I've, I've ripped the save states, uh, to a third party thing, but it's not going to be the same. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, I I need to boot it up and see and see the 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 name Mike on on one of them. So yeah, you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. it's there's a, there's a lot of games I have like that where I need to make sure that those save files stay the way that they are because yeah. ultimate respect to those folks that put in the work. You know. Oop, I have the hiccups. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's uh, it, you're just getting emotional about all of these uh, safe oh, states God, and this old stuff. <laughs> I'm the same way. If I if I get right in the thick of a sad movie, if I watch the Notebook, I get the hiccup cries real bad. I get it. I'm with you. The Notebook is still your like go to. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the only sad movie besides Old Yeller I've ever seen. So yeah, it's one of the two I bring up. If someone's like, "Sad Notebook from like 2004," isn't there a movie from like like the past few years, early 2000s? Yeah, yeah. It's funny though. I think I've brought this up before, but I remember watching that movie. uh, It was after a high school football game. Me and me and my two buddies watched uh, (laughs) because (laughs) it's kind of funny. I think I'm pretty sure I brought this up before, but it's worth mentioning again because it cracks me up. Three. High school football players would go to one buddy's house, and his dad's like, "Hey, I rented some movies." And one of them was like, um, "Like the Last Castle" with Robert Redford, and the other one was the Notebook. And he's like, "I already watched the Last Castle. You guys want to watch this other one with me?" We we're like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." We hadn't really heard of it, and we sat there, we watched it. So it was four dudes, three high school football players, right after a Friday night football game, probably a victory. I think we were feeling pretty. We're celebrating with movie night, and one guy's dad, and it's just total silence. Just four dudes watching the Notebook together, and just occasionally be like. <laughs> just sniffling like i'm fine i'm just allergies i guess or something just trying to tough it out no one talked about it after it was just like that was that was special movie. That why was special the movie. hell would you watch the notebook you got into it man you started watching it's like oh my god oh my god this is uh, oh how sweet oh my god he's building the house for her oh <laughs> and we just we were all into it but no one mentioned anything we're just like hey i'm gonna go get a drink i want to think yeah get me something you know, and just continue to watch and sniffle occasionally because it got so goddamn emotional. Ah, it's a good, it's a good movie, guys. You should, you should fantastic. Watch. Rachel McAdams is just so good in that. Oh my god, that uh, was a big crush for me. All right, well, um, yeah, I, I think we answered uh, Corey's question there. Uh, 
history is with holding on to everything that comes with video games. I wish I'd held on to more. I wish I had maintained my original NES map from uh, Legend of Zelda. I because mm. uh, it was perfectly tattered and taped together like an old sea map from like a wrecked voyage. Yes. And uh, I don't know what ha- I think my mom probably saw it and was like, this literally looks like trash. So I'm going to throw it away. I have a replacement since, but there's nothing like that one growing. It just smelled like home. Anyway. Well, fancy me and you in a podcast like this. My name is Captain Drachma, and I'm one of the co-hosts of IndieQuest. On this show, we dive into the amazing worlds of indie video games and attempt to determine where they rank on our own rating system, something we call the Quest Log. If that sounds like something that might trip your trigger, join me and my co-hosts Blinkin' Frantic on our adventure. You can find IndieQuest wherever podcasts are heard and on polymedianetwork.com, the best website on the internet. Uh, do we have any 2024 predictions? Are people saying 2024 or should I stick to 2024? I do it wrong. Well, it's one less syllable. Mm. If you say 2024, 2024, that's six syllables. 2024, that's five syllables. What's funny is I can tell you have your fingers out right now while you're counting. And that's that's right. I did exactly. <laughs> so I I did that that exact thing. So uh, fewer syllables fewer is syllables. better. Okay. Do you have any predictions? Do you have any predictions for twenty twenty four? For like, what are we? What's the theme? For what? Just, uh, just in general. general li- okay. Life. Uh, who's gonna win the Super Bowl? Oh. Super Bowl. Who's gonna win the NBA championship? Who's gonna win the Stanley Cup? Who's gonna win? Oh man, I don't know. See, Super Bowl. <sighs> uh, I don't keep up with the NFL, but I see that uh, the Big Al Joe Flacco's on the Browns. So Browns all the way, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Flacco. Yeah, I I hope they make the playoffs. I really do. Wait, I hope. Or do they have a shot? I they definitely do. Yeah, they have oh, a wow. great defense. They have a the, the Browns are legit and they have a chance in that division. Yeah, they'll they'll make the playoffs for sure. I was surprised when the when I saw the 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 news come across that uh, I took a double take cuz I haven't really, again, I don't follow the NFL too much, but I, I know who Joe Flacco is. So I see Joe Flacco and I was like, "Oh, he retired." That must be what this news is. And I was like, "Or he uh, God forbid something happened to the guy." I was like, "He's on the Browns?" I mean, that's all back in the like 10 10, 15 years ago, that was worse than retiring. He basically did retire, and then he was the oh, backup really? for the for the Jets for like a year, and then he sat out for a long time, and then the Browns, everybody on the Browns was ba- basically on the MASH unit, so they were like, okay, uh, Joe Flacco, do you want to play for the Browns? And he said, yeah, and he's been great ever since. Threw for 300 yards last week, and... Like three touchdowns, one interception. It's, it's, this year is just crazy because of all the injuries and stuff like that. So, well, Brown, Browns to the Super Bowl. That's, that's my prediction for 2024. Well, that's, that's a bad prediction, but I think Joe Flacco is going to win a playoff game. I, I, I'll oh, say that. Okay. That's, that's, all right. that's my all prediction. Right. You, you do you. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll temper it. All right. Uh, the other prediction I'll have for 2024, I will play a bunch of Switch games that aren't Mario. Oh. That's my prediction. Hey, because- question to you real quick before yes. you jump into this. Yes, yes, yes. Do yes. you happen to have the, or care yes. to have ever, the Castlevania um, Advance Collection? 
I do have it on Switch. Okay. Or not, I, not on Switch, on Steam. I'm sorry. Oh, good for you. Because I actually ordered two copies. I was looking for a good home for it, but... I have it on Steam, but I don't have it on Switch. I would much rather play it on Switch. You can... I'll... I'll send it to you. You get your you get your choice. Are you of it, sure? I got two different cover arts. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Fuck yeah, dude. Fucking shit, man. If you send that to me, I will give you a Macho Man elbow smash off the top rope out of love. That sounds lovely. <laughs> I love. <it. laughs> I don't know what else to do to you, but no, I have it on. I I, I have it on on Steam. My wife's like, "What did Alex get you for Christmas?" And I just smile, missing all my teeth. <laughs> he got me he got me an elbow shop of love <laughs> no I'd be broken ribs buddy dropping off the top rope ooh yeah I I, I can't summon my can't summon the macho man if I can't there he is I, 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 I gotta get going you know I gotta, I gotta get it going a little bit when you insult the lovely Elizabeth, yeah, <laughs> the lovely Elizabeth, yeah, and then you start talking, and you start talking about the macho man, Randy Savage, the intercontinental champion of the world, I'm going to get you, Hulk Hogan, yeah! <laughs> Dude, I, I probably said this before, but that's maybe your best one. That's probably your best it's, uh, You character. think so? It's so good to me. I don't know. You do a lot of them really well, but that one gets me. You got the cadence down. You just say great shit while you're him. It's it's awesome. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I know. I that's the thing. I I feel like I don't say anything while I'm him. I'm just. Well, he doesn't say anything either. <laughs> I guess not. But I I need to come up with like dumb shit to say when. Yeah. He, like like maybe I'll read a recipe or something like. Oh my god, dude! Throw throw in two cloves of garlic, man. Yeah. Oh my god, a Sinestro cooking video where you're just various <laughs> characters throughout a recipe. When, yeah, two tablespoons of butter. Yeah. Tack that on the end of your uh, your Snestruck food compilation. And the onions. You need onions. If you have onions, yeah. And then you put in the chicken, and then you boil it until it boils. There. Yeah. Boil it until it boils. Thank you, Macho yeah. Man. I, I didn't know what else to say. I just needed to <laughs> raise my voice for a second. People That's are just all. sitting around with butter and onions everywhere and just wet chicken. They're like, I didn't learn anything. <laughs> butter, onions, and chicken. Yes. Wet chicken. It's not even hot. The- <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. All right. Yeah. Don't Classic. know what I'm doing here. Classic Macho Man. Macho uh, Man. Yeah. Right. Another prediction for 2024. Um, we will get. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. I was trying to like uh, call my shot on a guest, but like a very attainable guest. Oh, like, we'll let get... me do it. Let me do it. Okay, go for it. Can I? Can I do it? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Why not? We're gonna get Metal Jesus. What? 2024. We're bringing in the Jeezy. Metal Jesus is coming to drunk friend in 2024 let's do it let's do it yeah let's get it done let's get it done i'm pounding on the desk yeah we're gonna show up on episode and i'm gonna really close to the microphone you're gonna hear a ping 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 and you're gonna say what's that and i'm like i found this metal jesus at a thrift shop and uh, (laughs) yeah um uh, metal jesus mj yeah mj we're coming we're gonna get you bud I know you. I know he listens. We're going. We got. We're going to get you. He's playing coy with us, but 
It's, it'll happen. Let's let's keep shooting for the moon here. Let's get. Uh, what about James Rolfe? Oh, James, James Rolfe. Rolf. Let's come on. Let's come get- on down. You're the next concessant on Drunk Friend. Get him in the same episode. You didn't watch Price is Right when you were a kid? I, uh, not really, <laughs> actually. God damn it. I didn't. I did. Too many people were winning boats. It made me jealous. I was like, people boats? winning goddamn boats because they can guess how much a fucking toaster is. This is ridiculous. This is capitalism gone wrong, I would yell. <laughs> oh, yeah. As an eight-year-old. Oh, yeah. Tell them what they've won. So, do you have any other predictions for 2024? Um... Other than the guests, not really. Um, here's the thing. 2023 played a lot of Mario. A lot of Mario. Yeah. Mario RPG, Mario Golf, Mario Odyssey, Mario Wonder. Whew. So much Mario. Give him a break, man. I'm, I'm thinking 2024 is going to be less and less Mario uh, and a lot more other stuff. So. Do, you have a, do you have a character you want to lean into in favor of Mario? You want to? It's like not a t- particularly. 2023 year of the Mario 2024 year of the Waluigi. No, I'm I I'm open. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I I, I don't want to pigeonhole myself. I pigeonholed into Mario. Okay. Yeah. Uh so I want to, you know, it's too early to tell at this point. 2024 so. year of the Glover. You can do it. <laughs> right on. all i played all year was glover dude that's all i did <laughs> right yeah uh, that's uh, fine. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind that either that, yeah that, that's fine but yeah. yeah i think he's only got one game you'd have to like go get a physical to get more gloves in you anyway alex uh power rankings that's a section on our sheet do you uh what do you rank what are you ranking so we got power rankings we need like <laughs> radio, like oh yeah, power, power rankings. Uh, you know, sure. like I'll, uh, you know what? Uh, I'll snip that. Put a little music behind it for the folks. You need like explosions and fire uh-huh. and stuff like that. Power. Power rankings. Power rankings. Power rankings. Okay, no, so we'll here see. are the my top seven power rankings. Things I need to do on Christmas. Okay. The 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 things of media. The 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 media I need to consume on Christmas. Every Christmas. Okay. So number seven. These it's a top seven because I like yeah uneven numbers. Number seven. But we call them odd, but that's okay. That's okay. We number seven, Master of Puppets, Metallica. Oh, this this is because when I was like fourteen, uh, I got the Master of Puppets CD from somebody. I might have been my brother, might have been my parents. I can't remember, but uh, I got that CD f- as a present when I was a kid. And I remember going up to my room and into my bed and listening to Master Puppets all day on my headphones, hearing Leper Messiah and Disposable Heroes Mm -hmm. and all those great tracks like on headphones 
besides like stealing the CD from my brother's, you know, from my brother and listening to it on my crappy CD player. You, you, you get that. Uh, like, no, some, I got it. Yeah, some, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's not the same. So mm-hmm. listening to it on my own with headphones was, it was amazing. Okay. Number six. Garfield Christmas, Garfield Christmas special on CBS back in the late 80s. Not the best Christmas special, but it's still pretty good. Still okay. pretty good. Uh, Garfield Christmas, seek it out. It's uh, kind of cheesy, but it's still pretty funny. I think it holds up. Uh, everybody listening to this, I, I think it's probably going to be a, like an 80-20, you know, uh split uh <laughs> some people don't like garfield you know that's that's just how it is fine i like garfield i like garfield christmas i feel like anybody who's got a strong opinion against garfield they got that's problems. fine they got problems i feel like they got you can have an opinion but if it's a strong opinion something who hurt you you know was it odie <laughs> who got you who got to you is it again are you no lasagna for you is it the lasagna the What's thing going is, on? the Garfield Christmas special is freaking harmless. It's the most harmless thing ever. Sure, that's that's the appeal. But anyway, number five. Okay, I look at the Lego prices of the stuff that I I, I number five is that I look at prices of Legos and I <laughs> stew. And I get pissed off. Oh, that's, like you look that's at what current prices. You like you like what's the yeah. market doing on Legos right now? No, I hate that the fact that Legos are so expensive now because I loved Legos when I was a kid. Uh when I was a kid, there was Lego Blacktron and there was Lego Mtron and there was another one too that was like a science fiction Lego thing. But my my childhood friend and I, Dan, used to have like Lego wars against each other. And I was Blacktron, and he was Mtron. Wow! And we used to like construct these crazy, monstrous like Lego things to like fight each other, and it was so much fun. And I loved that. And when I look at like how much Legos cost now, it makes me sick. I don't like yeah. it. It yeah. sucks. I'm it's becoming like- painfully aware of how much they are because my daughter is, you know getting of an age where they're enticing. Yeah. And they got a lot. They honestly do. She likes Disney princesses. They got a lot of good little sets I'd like to put together with her. But it's like 60 yeah. bucks just for my feet to be bloodied every time I walk through the living room. <laughs> Not worth it. <laughs> Not worth it. Yeah. It's the prices are insane. But number four. Yeah. I look at the Vikings record and stew. Mm. You do a lot of stewing on Christmas. It's supposed to be a joyful day. Well, Two of them are dedicated to stewing because I'm from Minnesota, and that's what happens when you when you're born there. Uh, yeah, the Vikings' record right now is seven and six, and they won their last na- they won their last game three to nothing. They're hanging Garbage. in there, man. Hanging in there. That's a that's a classic <laughs> Virginia Tech win. We take pride in that. We're like hell yeah, dude. They didn't score nothing. Did you hear that part? <laughs> three to nothing. That's three- the best part. To nothing. Got a shutout. Got a shutout. Horse ass. Uh, number three on the list is Mickey's Christmas Carol, which is the Disney 
version of uh what's his nuts uh the christmas carol guy by the other guy i, mm. I, I I'm, I'm gonna have trouble on his name i'm gonna need a little more <laughs> it's the Disney it, Mickey's Christmas Carol. It's it's a great version of a Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. I love it. It's like a thirty minutes long. I watch it every Christmas. It's one of my favorite things. Okay. Number two is Christmas Vacation, my favorite Christmas movie ever. Do do you know Christmas Vacation? Trav? Yeah, dude, of course, of course. Come on now. Okay, I'm I'm happy to hear that. It's my brother's favorite movie of all time, so it's by proxy become one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, Shitter's Full. That's uh, yeah, an all time line. Like, all-time. there's so many great lines from that movie. Like, kiss his ass. Like, <laughs> Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it gets me every year. There's always. I mean, I don't kind of seek it out but usually it the pace that it comes into my life is about once every couple of years and every time yeah. i i either catch something i've never seen before or i just yeah. find myself laughing all over again it never gets old oh i love that movie it's it's one of my favorite movies ever i make sure to watch it uh i saw it in theaters when i was a kid no shit and yeah and when the girl starts stripping off her bathing suit on the diving board I was right in between my dad and my brother, and I was like freaking, I don't know, eight years old. <laughs> wow. Imagine that. Yeah. So that was weird, but I still love that movie. So uh, <laughs> you guys still never talk about that. <laughs> well, I mean, you, 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 why would we? It's almost like your notebook moment. Notebook moment, yeah. Uh, one, number one. Super Mario World. I play it every Christmas day all the way through. Really? How long does that take you? Not that long, actually, because I've done it for a million years. Um, this is a game I got uh, as a kid for Christmas back in 1991. I got the Super Nintendo. I got Super Mario World. I did not finish the game on that day that I got it. That's insane. But I just made sure to finish the game every christmas to help me remember you know what it was mm-hmm. like to get that kind of rush that comes with getting that sort of gift at that time i yeah. guess yeah yeah harkening back to the old days it's good stuff yeah very cool nice power rankings you you stay busy on christmas i respect it yeah respect i try and i try and uh you know Check all the boxes, basically. Do you have anything that you'd make sure to do on Christmas? Yeah, I got my top seven here. Um, okay, here we go. Number seven, I listen to uh, KMF DMs How Rock Ruck <laughs> Stem to Stern at least twice. And that's just stem before I'm out of the bed. <laughs> yeah, I do. I start at the stem. I get all the way to the stern. Sometimes I'll go back up from the stern <laughs> to the stem. I love it. Uh, that's good. Number six, <laughs> n- number six. Uh, every Christmas, I try to learn how to spell the name of a new hockey player. Every year, I'm like, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna pick another one. Uh, this year, it's going to be Justin Falk. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. I didn't pick a hard one this year because I don't have a lot of time. Uh, number five for me is uh, sometimes I like to uh, every Christmas I like to get in the mirror and pretend I'm Jerry with a J, and I'm like, Hey, whose Christmas is it, potty guy? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> 
And uh, that's fun. My wife particularly enjoys when I do the Jerry character. Jerry, if you're out there <laughs> still and you haven't given up on us yet, we love you. Um, what am I at? Number four? Yes, number four. <laughs> number four. Uh, so every Christmas, I make it a really, really good point to play Soul Blazer and really try to understand what the hell that game's trying to do. <laughs> What is this? I say, what is this translation about? And I tried to get through it. It takes me about eight to 10 hours. Most of the day shot by the time I'm done. But for a nightcap, we're at number three. Um, <laughs> I, I dig through my closet. I pull out all of my pristine PS2 Guitar Hero boxes and I sniff them. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just love the smell of them on Christmas. They don't smell all that great, but it brings me joy. Uh, What are we at? Three? <laughs> No, you just said two. Oh, I was at was it, am I already at number one? I think so. Yeah, that's what you said. Oh, okay. I feel like I maybe skipped one, which you would have might been have great because I'm mostly out of remembering things that I definitely do. But you know, every <laughs> I like to, you know what I like to do. I like to I like to be thankful for all the folks that listen to Drunk Friend and send emails and uh, connect and reach out through. Whether it be comments or again emails through the podcast, whatever, I definitely take the time to appreciate you on uh, on Christmas Day, and that's how I spend my day. That's how I do it. So we did it. That's been it. Did we do it? I think we did it. Well, I did not expect you to like backtrack into the emails that far, but that was that was fantastic. Thank you so much for saying all that uh, all that you do on Christmas Day. Like that is that is a full day right there. It is. You you you, you jump down. So you what you're what you're essentially saying is that you build a wrestling ring and you jump down from the top rope on top of a guy named Jari or Jerry. <laughs> Jer I think it's Jerry. Uh, I I would guess Jerry is 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 my guess as well. Jerry, if Jerry, if you're if you're telling us that. Uh, you're emailing us please tell us how your name is pronounced and uh <laughs> he said we'll... that, like he should have known to do that like jerry you know the rules if you email us you have to tell us how to pronounce your name it's the rules <laughs> we can't we can't be reading names we can't read i think we've we've given jerry a lot of a lot of airtime today and jerry we appreciate you is it okay if i call you jerry bear though because that will, that will jerry I, bear. I, have to, I have to i love him that's how it works that's just how it works that's just how it works that's been that's been another drunk friend podcast. Believe it or not, uh, you can head on over to polymedianetwork.com. It doesn't stop here. We got more podcasts over there. There's uh, new episodes of uh, We Got Goosebumps coming out. Uh, Indie Quest always they got some good stuff. They just did a uh, got an episode on Celeste. You you like that game? You're gonna love that episode. We got Point Drink Adventure with our friends Pam and Petey. Polykill. If you like beaten games, then you're gonna love listening to the podcast about beaten games. It's that simple. Oh, and you can send an email to the show at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. If you're not interested in sending an email, that's not a big deal. Just give us a rating and review on a podcast app of your choice, and that'll help us out big time. Wow. Was that you? That was me. Yeah. Wow. I just spoke into a different part of the microphone for once. That's <laughs> That was weird. I was like, is that being piped in? Well, who is that? <laughs> so I might be in. Yeah, 
I, I, I just spoke so, on the other side of the microphone. It's like, actually, we just got a really sad Ashton Kutcher to do that line for us. So that's weird. <laughs> uh, you can find us on social media. We got uh, less and less, but we're out there. We got subreddits for the network at uh, slash polymedia. We got an Instagram at polymedia network. You can find me in most places at Trap Plays Games. Alex, is that Snestrunk? And the track you hear right now is composed by our friend Kular and is called Electric Star Bounce. And you can hear a link what? to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. And this is a shout out to Josh Let Josh <laughs> Leslie. <laughs> Fucking shit. <laughs> it's a shout out to Josh Leslie. Josh fucking Leslie <laughs> for our thirst quenching logo. Be sure to catch us on YouTube. And thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day.